Hello, Freedom Fighters. My name is Danny Flood. Thank you so much for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for optimizing your life to find more adventure, passion, and purpose. Go check us out at openworldmag.com. Go check out the new manifesto on lifestyle design, authored by yours truly, Buy Your Own Island, now available on Amazon. It's been called inspiring and empowering and one of the best new books on entrepreneurship. Lifestyle design for 2015 and beyond. Look for it on Amazon or go download the audiobook for free at buyyourownisland.com forward slash audio dash book. So I'm joined today by a gentleman named Sha Zhang. Just want to welcome you to the show, Ja. Hey, thank you for having me, Danny. I'm super excited to interview Ja today. He's one of the people I feature prominently in the introduction to my new book, uh, Buy Your Own Island. Ja has just finished his own book with Crown Publishing. It's called Rejection Proof, How I Beat Fear and Became Invincible, One Rejection at a Time. Uh, in addition to this book, he's also spoken at Google, TEDx, the World Domination Summit, and at an event hosted by Tony Shea. And all of this came about as the result of a social experiment that he initiated called 100 Days of Rejection Therapy. So I'm super excited to interview him, pick his brain about the journey and, and what he's learned. I'm pretty familiar with your story, but why don't you introduce yourself to the listener in your own words? Tell me who you are, your background, and, and how you got to the point where you are now. Sure, Danny. Uh, by the way, are you sure you got the right guy? I, I don't have an island. Oh, well, that, that's, that's my, my book. Uh, is, I know. But, yeah. I'm just, I'm just joking. Oh, oh okay. uh, Yeah, someday I will, uh, hopefully we'll get in, uh, we're all going to get an island, right? Well, maybe, maybe if you ask for it, Ja. Yeah, hey, if there's some of you out there who have an extra island with uh, extra parking space, give me a call. You know, I might be interested, you know, especially if you want to, you know, let it go for cheap. Anyway, um, my name is uh, uh, Jia Jiang, and... I am an entrepreneur, so um, basically, I right now I write blogs and especially video blogs uh, on the subject of rejection. Um, so I just finished my book. Uh, it's all about rejection, you know. I'm one of the few people in the world who writes nothing but 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 about rejection. And the reason for that is I feel there's um, it's a less talk, talked about subject. It's um, you know we we think about rejection, we think about something very painful, something we want to get away from, something we want to overcome. But we don't know a lot of the hidden advantages or secrets behind rejection. If you, uh, if you, if, if you examine them, if, you not, if you're not afraid of them. So that's what I do. So how did you get into this uh, job? Did you, you were originally an IT employee, right? Yes, yes. I was, uh, you know, I did not that started out doing this at all. So what I, um, I was, um, um, I was working for a fortune 500 company, um, uh, trying to uh, build their websites and, and, uh, uh, sell more computers, you know, running tests on, on how do you basically get more money out of every visit to their website. Um, so, uh, then I, but I grew up in China, uh, and I, all I wanted was to become an entrepreneur. 
that I felt that was my dream, my destiny. So when I was 30 years old and I was still uh, working for this company, I had a really nice life, you know, just um, uh, in terms of making uh, six-figure incomes and have an awesome wife. I had a baby on the way and have a dog and a house in I live in uh, Texas. And but the thing is, there were just I, I just I was miserable inside because I feel I wasn't um, pursuing my dream. And it's not just I I'm not living the life. I'm not owning the island. It's not about that. It's about I really never give myself a chance to pursue that dream of becoming an entrepreneur. You know, if I pursued and I failed, that's one thing. But I didn't. I had never tried it. And one of the big reasons is I was afraid of rejection. You know, by people. Um, by uh, customers, by circumstances. So then, you know, when, when before my baby was born, I made, you know, I was just saying, you know, that's it. I'm going to, uh, I, I, if I don't do this right now, I'll never do it. And so under my wife's encouragement, I started my company. Um, you know, I started building a mobile app. Uh, there are a lot of us out there in the app builders. Um, but yeah, I wanted to build the next greatest thing, you know, next Twitter and so on and so forth. And, uh, but then I was rejected with an investment, and that really crushed me um, so much so that I, I felt I wanted to quit. And then I just started seeing how a simple rejection would affect me this much. Um, and I learned that because I really wanted it. I really wanted so much uh, that um, when you don't get something you want that much, it really hurts. And then it can have an impact on you. It can give you this fear of rejection. So that's when I started this blog called 100 Days of Rejection. You can Google me online. And there, I, I, the premise of this thing is I would go out and, and uh, feel myself getting rejected every day for 100 days. Um, you know, I wear an iPhone on my neck. So it's some as a uh, hidden camera. So the person wouldn't know that I, would, um, I was uh, filming. But um, uh, yeah, that's, that's the, the starting point of my journey of, look, uh, of looking for rejection. It started with a, just a hobby or kind of a side project for me to overcome my fear, but it quickly caught fire and, and had millions of views on YouTube. And uh, a lot of people are doing their own rejection, uh, you know, own rejection journey now. So, um, and uh, that's where I am right now. So you started out as an entrepreneur and you were focused on creating this physical product. Well, maybe not physical, yes. di- digital product. Digital um, product, yeah. Because you thought it was what you should be doing as an entrepreneur. You wanted to be Bill Gates or whatever. But then you kind of realized that you had this aha moment where you realized the real problem that you were having, which you wanted to fix, was uh, mental. It was internal. And this, yes. this fear which you talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And no matter what I, would, I do, uh, you know, I, I feel that that fear um, just constantly held me back. Um, and it's, uh, you know, a little bit of the, a little bit of that fear is healthy, but you know, I went overboard in terms of, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't ask this question. I might sound rude. I might, you know, I might sound off-putting, you know, and, and then, so, and I just realized how much it has been holding me back. Um, so the internal battle was more fun than external, uh, than the external battle, but you know, like the entrepreneurs are, we, you know, it's not the traditional idea about entrepreneur is about a guy who's having a great idea and turn that into an awesome product and make tons of money, right? But real, like, really, entrepreneurs are about 
discovering a market and finding a solution for that market. And and in my case, I found I'm not the only person who's afraid of rejection. You know, we 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 all are. And that's a great um, place to, to be in for me to find a solution uh, to help everyone to overcome that fear. Because I really believe in this. If we're not afraid of rejection and if we can um, uh, you know, learn from it, if we can embrace it, we can learn so much. We can become so much better at whatever we're doing. Yeah, and I think it's fantastic because uh, what you're doing in the example that you set and also the experiment you did with your 100 days of rejection therapy, it's... It's someone that everyone has to deal with and everyone can benefit from, I think. Right? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. And especially, like, <clears throat> I, I know where you are now, but I want to go back to where you were when you, you first started to do this, uh, like how you felt. Because, I mean, in addition to, uh, you know, you, you live in uh, uh, San Francisco now, right? Yeah, uh, in Santa Clara. So it's San Francisco okay. Bay Area. It's close enough. But you grew up in, in Beijing, China, and I think um, coming from an Asian background, you must have had even greater pressure to kind of uh, conform to other expectations from your family, from society, because it's, it's more about like, in Asia, it's more about saving face and, and being polite and, and not really shaking up the boat uh, that much. So is that right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, the Asian culture is more collective success than individual um, success. So, and especially in, when I grew up, the environment, I think it might be a little bit different right now. Uh, but the, the environment where I grew up was like everyone needs to be molded to a certain way. You know, you're, you're trained to be a building block of, of the country. And that's, what I, that's the exact word I was taught. You know, and, and nowadays it's probably a little bit different with China, with how capitalistic it has become. But when I grew up, it's about you have to study, you have to be a good student, and then that you will have a uh, a possibility to actually contribute to to society. Otherwise, you're you're done. So there was a lot of pressure to to um, to conform. Yeah. So I think that people who are listening to this in the United States or from Western cultures uh, may not entirely appreciate that because. Uh, we're often told, you know, you can be anything you want to be, uh, you know, go after your dreams. But I think when you started this, it must have felt, it must have felt counter to what everything inside of you was telling you, right? Uh, you mean starting my company or starting this uh, blog? Um, well, I'm, I'm, well, yeah, I guess when you when you started your company, but also more specifically when you started this uh, this rejection therapy. How did? How yeah. Did, yeah. What, what point were you at when you you decided to do this? Yeah, so uh, before I quit my job and started my own company, my wife and I had this agreement. I had this uh, agreement that I would take about six months to run this company and see where it goes. You know, we're going to reevaluate at the end of the six months. And if, we, uh, if I would get traction and investment and tons of customers, I would keep going. Otherwise, I would look for a job again, you know, because I got to be responsible uh, in what I do. Uh, so this was about four and a half months into the venture where I really thought that investment would have um, it propelled the company to the next level. Um, and that's why it hurt so much. And that's when I started doing this blog. Okay. Um, but about the experiment itself, I mean, were you, were you nervous? Were you, like, uh, afraid when you, you started to do this? Oh, or? yeah. When I first started, I was, uh, I was really scared. Um, my, my, my face was pale. If you go out to my website and... <laughs> If you could just Google 100 days of rejection, yeah, you could click on the first video where I went in, uh, and asked a stranger to borrow $100. Uh, 
and I had a look of death in my in my eyes. And uh, and as soon as I the, the, as soon as the other person said uh, no, uh, and I just got out of there. I couldn't run away faster. Uh, and I felt that's what we a lot of us do. You know, a lot of what I did, a lot of what us. The most people do uh, nowadays is they ask for something. If they get a no, it's so painful. They just want to run away. They don't want to deal with this. As soon, uh, you know, with this. But the thing is, I started analyzing myself uh, using my video because I recorded this thing, right? And I found the other person um, was actually a little bit intrigued in why I was doing this, and uh, I did not give uh, my request a chance. I did not engage. I did not, uh, you know, tell him why I'm asking for a hundred dollars. So that's when I the I started to say to see, huh? Maybe I can learn a little more from this. Maybe I can uh, engage in a conversation. Maybe I don't just have to run away. Yeah, that's great. I think that uh, I agree with you that persistence is also very important because a lot of people um, they ask for something and then they just slink away if they don't get it. And if if you just you know stick in there and, and stand up for yourself. I think, and if you ask, and if you ask in a, in a good way, I think you can nine times out of ten get what you want. Is that right? Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's not like it, it's not like we'll always get what we want, right? So yeah. it's sometimes the, the we all have free agency. The other person are afraid to say no. Sometimes what we offer it just doesn't fit, uh, right? So it's it's um, what I another thing I learned from this is. It really does not depends on me all the time. We always, we always think, you know, if the other person says no to us, it's because we're ugly, it's because we're, we're uh, not articulate, it's because we're not smart. And, uh, that's not the case. If, if you present, if, you know, if you present the same request to 100 different people, you might get like 70 people will say no, 30 people will say yes. Uh, it, and, and this all depends on that person. You know, at that moment, th- this person... Uh, that we're asking this request, asking this request to have all kind of a background, education, you know, prejudice or affinity, uh, or the mood, the mood of that day, or what his, you know, what uh, he or she experienced last night, you know, whatever. We have no control over those things. So the person says no does not mean an indictment of our character, um, or our, even our request. It could be just, it's just more about that person than us. So what we need to do is we need to just put ourselves out there, not to be afraid, and just go ask. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and that's kind of where I'm, I'm kind of leading into. I think it's, it's not only about the request or even the fear. I mean, that's, that's something you deal with initially. But I think the most powerful and the most important thing is um, when you do what you do, you're kind of rewiring your brain to look at the world differently, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And then not only looking at the world differently, I... I discovered the world. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, for lack of a better word. Because I guess because um, guess we have, like, you know, Stephen Covey says um, we have different mental maps or paradigms, you know, for how we, how we translate things in the world and how we view actions and how we react to them. And I think um, the way we look at life is not necessarily objective reality. Um, and I think that if, if we perceive things in a way that's disempowering, we feel it leads to us feeling trapped. And if we can step free from that and shake things up and, and kind of get a different viewpoint, which is what you're basically saying. Um, it can be more empowering. Is that right? Absolutely. Um, that's a that's a very good point you 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 brought up uh, about Stephen Covey. You know, I, I like that uh, you know, mental paradigm. And to me, it was uh, it was you know strictly a, a paradigm shift. 
I used to see rejection as something that's negative, just just pain, right? Uh, it's a it's a something to overcome. It's a roadblock. It's just bad. Um, but then what I found is if you don't run away, if you're not afraid of rejection, just by asking the the question why sometimes after you hear after you get rejected. You learn so much. I'll give an example. Uh, in one of my 100 days, I, I went to a stranger's uh, door and just knocked on his door, and, and I said, can I uh, plant this flower in your backyard? And it, was this, uh, uh, it was this old man, and he said no. And before he would turn away, I asked him why. It's like, you know, I, I, it's not like I don't like flowers, but I have a dog that would dig up everything and put in the backyard. So, you know, this just doesn't fit me. Um, my neighbor <laughs> actually loves flowers. And if you ask her, she might say yes. Actually, she might. She probably will. Then I ask her, and, you know, lo and behold, and she, she couldn't be happier about me planting that flower in her backyard. Um, so this, this is what, you know, just because I, I did not just run away, turn away and ask why, and then figured out uh, the reason. And uh, not only... I found that it's not because I look suspicious. It's not because I was, you know, trying to uh, sound fishy. But it was actually what I offered did not fit this person. And I got a lead in, term, in the sales term. I got a lead from this guy, and I was able to convert later on. <laughs> I think that's a great point that you just brought up there. And I, I want to expand on that a little bit, is that um, if, if you fail, if you get rejected, try to find out why. Um, Try to find out the reason because I guess I guess you studied sales a little bit, but Brian Tracy he has a book, um, The Art of Closing the Sale, where he says the exact same thing. He asks, um, if you if you lose the sale, uh, turn around and ask the person, um, could you tell me the real reason why you decided not to buy from me today? And I think that's that's really really powerful. I mean, you you kind of get some awesome feedback, and then what he says it's it's usually their objection. If if you can find a way to satisfy their objection, you can very well get what you want, right? Absolutely, absolutely. The, the, the last thing we, we, we do is just not to ask and just run away. Yeah, yeah. And I find that too because, you know, promoting my own book, I've been sending out a lot of emails to, you know, journalists and stuff, and, and a lot of times they won't respond to you the first time. And, and then you got to follow up a week later and you say, you know, did you get this email? just want to make sure that it went through. And they don't respond to you at all. Then you say, you know, could you just tell me the real reason why uh, I can't be a guest on your on your you know, publication or whatever. Yeah, I mean, every rejection has a number. I, I, I'm, and now I'm a firm believer of that. You know, if you basically if you ask enough times, and that number could be astronomically large, but sometimes <laughs> it's not that big as you think. But if you ask the same the the, the request uh, enough times, you'll probably get a yes. I mean, of course, I'm, I'm not talking about. Uh, illegal or immoral things, but just a normal request, and we would deal with day to day. And and if you ask enough, that the other person might start getting intrigued. Um, I'll share I'll share another example. Um, through in my 100 days, and there's this guy. His name is John, and he asked me to uh, he asked me to uh, uh, you know using my rejection. I call this rejection request uh, a rejection attempt. He asked me to interview, interview a body, female bodybuilder. And you know what? I have, I have no interest whatsoever in doing that. That just sounded weird to me. But then he kept sending me emails and sending me comments. He followed everything I was doing. And he, he kept sending me this saying, would you please do it? And, you know, and after he sent me like 41 different requests to interview a female bodybuilder. 
41. <laughs> 41. And, and after that, I'm just intrigued, you know, because if someone's willing to go this far to ask me for something, it must mean some, it must mean pretty, something pretty important to this guy, right? It's a big deal. So I wanted to find out why. <laughs> so we had this conversation and it turned out he's, um, you know, he likes bodybuilders. We'll, we'll have our own a cup of coffee. Um, you know, he, he, he likes bodybuilders, uh, like female bodybuilders. And, but he's, he's, uh, she's, uh, he's afraid to talk to them. So he wants to live out his dream through me <laughs> of uh, me interviewing a, body, a female bodybuilder. So I did. I did. Uh, I turned one of my rejection attempts into that. And so anyway, the, the moral of the story is um, sometimes you, you, ha- you have to be persistent, but also it helps that you explain why you want this. So you know, it, it's important to, to know why the, the other person will reject you. It's, but it's also important that you let the other person know the, the underlying motive and reason. And sometimes it helps a lot with the, uh, with the objection. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point, Jia. Um, you have to have a, a powerful why that's driving what you're doing. Because if, if what you're asking for, if what you're approaching that person about is built upon a flimsy foundation, uh, then there's a good chance they won't agree to it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. But if, if it's like something universal that, that people can easily relate to, that's um, relatable on a human level, like what you're doing, where you're trying to uh, bust down fear, I think people can really uh, resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, I agree. And, and also, um, I think I just looked up a statistic uh, from the book, How to Win Customers and Keep Them for Life. The author says that 60% of people say no four times to a salesperson before they say yes to an order. So I, 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 the best salespeople actually deal with four no's before they finally get that yes, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but most of us would uh, give up after the first one. Yeah, exactly. And I've had people, um, you know, approach me to be on my podcast, and uh, you know, I tell them, well, I don't think it's going to be a good fit, and um, and they just say, oh, okay, thank you, <laughs> and I don't, I never hear from them again. But I, I wish they would ask me why, you know, my reason why, so that I could tell them, but they they don't, so I, I never do. But if someone really uh, uh, contact you enough times, wouldn't you be intrigued in even possibly having this guy on your podcast? Because in the, the, <laughs> someone, if someone wants something bad enough, uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, but not. I don't know about forty-one times or. or <laughs> no. was, yeah. But but yeah. If, if they ask, like, if I say, you know, no, I don't think it's gonna be a good fit. If they ask me why I did, and, and you know, what are the reasons why? I just thought the way he asked me was really strange because. Um, he wanted to be in the podcast, but then he also sent me like a non-disclosure agreement for his his company or whatever. And I'm like, you know, it just seemed I felt like he was trying to get exposure for his company more than he cared about the show, you know. And and if 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 he had actually asked me why, I could have told him my objection, and then he could have you know responded back and say, oh, I understand, you know, here's how I could bring value to the show, you know. And and, and so I feel like if 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 someone tells you no or someone says it's not, it's not like fixed in stone. It's just that someone has a, a reason or an objection why you can't do it, and, and you can often work within that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and sometimes if the person, okay, this, the, that person is making, making this uh, uh, request for you to interview him, but also to have you sign a non-disclosure, right? Did he explain why he would need the, the non-disclosure at all? Um, no, not at all. It just, uh, see, I, I, that's a problem. <laughs> uh, that's a problem. So there could be a legit reason. For example, he might be 
uh, contractually obligated uh, to, 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 to do this. It could be his boss wanting this. It could be that, you know, he's under uh, some sort of, um, you know, some sort of, uh, there, there could be a necessity behind this. So if he explains this the right way, it's possible that you might, you might feel like, you know what, I think, I think um, you know, it might be a good idea to sign this, right? So but yeah. the last thing you want is not to explain and, and stick a paper in someone's face and say, <laughs> uh, you know, have me on the, your, your podcast, oh, and sign this. Yeah, you don't want that. I think I think you obviously have gotten a lot of experience based on all the things that you've been doing. But I think a lot of people uh, they don't have the same, uh, I guess, reference experiences that you do, and the same experience with this topic. One um, one of the reasons why in that particular case is is that guy was asking for his part, business partner to be interviewed, and I thought, well, well, you know, it's kind of strange. Why do you have to ask for her? Um, can't she, if she really wants to be on my show, can't she ask me herself? And I thought that was really strange too. Um, but so I think that's that's really important is how you uh, approach a person, how, approach someone with your request. And um, could you give us some tips on how to do that, Gio? Or Josh? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the first thing when you when you start is um, before you would talk to that person. If, I mean, before you you talk to any person, it'd be good to to have some sort of calculation. You know, to if you have a chance to to uh, you know to to it, first of all, you have to just go on and ask. That's number one thing. You know, I, I always tell people, uh, just go out and and ask. And you, your chance of getting a yes is zero if you don't even ask. And your chance might be like a two percent or five percent or ten percent or fifty percent if you ask. But it, it but just by autom- by asking, you automatically increase your chance by a ton. And so, and then when you, when you do ask, when you want something, okay, when you want something, you make sure you tell the other person that, hey, I want this for a reason. You know, I, uh, here is my, uh, uh, you know, I, I want to ask you for a favor and I would think you would benefit from these things as well. But I want, this is a favor and uh, it would help me. By making it clear that you're asking for a favor, a favor and, then, then, and this would benefit you, you are actually um, kind of def- deflating those objections because in, the last thing we want is stand there and having other people sell to us. And if we if our BS meter started to 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 sound and we're like you know I'm not gonna say yes right we, we'll have this guard. But if the other person is saying hey I'm asking you I'm asking I'm gonna ask you for this and and I yes this would definitely benefit me for this reason. Um, but also, I think it will benefit you as well. So if you start with that, it actually makes you more credible. And, and, and then, yeah, so basically, you know, and then if you ask, and, and when you go ask, sometimes you can even say, I know you don't usually do this. Or maybe I know this could be a strange request. By saying that, you're actually bringing the other person to your side of the table. Uh, you want you let the other person know that hey, uh, uh, this guy is not crazy. You know, I'm not crazy. I, I know that there's you could have this objection. I know there could be this guard, but you know, you know what? Uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it in the open. And I, I want to I want you to know that um, I want to do this despite those objections. And here are the reason why. 
So okay, awesome. you know there there are a lot of reasons you things you can do to increase your credibility and but being honest and and, ra- and raise your objection raise the other person's possible objection is one of them. Okay, that's that's awesome. You brought up a bunch of great points there. So so one is is showing empathy for the other person and how they might feel, right? Mm-hmm. And that's um, there's a book by uh, Leo Lowndes, uh, How to Connect with Anyone, and she says that um, the difference between the janitor and the CEO. Uh, similar backgrounds, but the CEO, you know, is able to put themselves in the other person's shoes, basically. Yeah, uh, uh, it, you know, you talk, you talk about Stephen Covey, right? Stephen Covey talked yeah. about, you know, this this the part of a leadership that will take a leader from a good one to a great one is you have to have empathy, um, and you know, for for the other person. And that's that's not easy unless you practice. That's what I always advocate to people. You know, that my whole thing is, I go out and got rejected a hundred times, and I learn. Uh, I learn. I got my personal MBA. I learned so much from this, and and you know, enough. I was able to write a book that, uh, you know, about this whole thing. But um, you know, go out and get rejected. Just talk to people and, and ask for something crazy. And and the more you you do this, the, the better you'll get. Okay, cool, cool. So, so another thing you mentioned was also kind of showing a chink in the armor, being honest about why you're doing this, um, and kind of being mm-hmm. humble when you approach people. And then yeah. I, think, I think for the how, you're telling people to go you know, do something crazy, but I think, I think what, what, could really motivate, what can really motivate people is when the pain of not taking action is actually greater than the pain of taking action, would you say? Oh, yeah, that's a fantastic point. Um, mm-hmm. Because when we, we we all live in the live in the moment, uh, more or less, right? So if 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 you think you know, sit, me sitting here right now, I want to ask for something, and more than likely the other person will say no, and the pain of that no is overwhelming, or it is large enough for us to usually say, you know what, let's forget about this. You know, I live, I'm comfortable here. Let's just not let's just not go ask. Because we think the the no is so painful, and by avoiding something negative, it's almost as if we're getting positive out of it. But that's actually a lie we tell to ourselves. Because when we're not going out there getting rejected, we're just rejecting ourselves, even though more comfortably, um, and we're getting ignored by the world. The thing is, if, but if you stretch the time long enough, if you look back, you know, like a year from today. Or maybe uh, ten years or a lifetime. Uh, looking back at this moment, you will just you will be having so much regret about not asking, about not taking that risk. Then you would have um, the like you know, then the pain you're feeling up, the feeling right now. So I would say if you are you know if you have this fear and you have this pain, think back as an old person. You know the old. Uh, the you know the old Danny the the old Jia and looking back and what w- what kind of advice would uh, would would they give uh, would they give to us and then if you follow follow that advice you usually make better decisions. Yeah, Jia, and I think that's that's really important because uh, it's it's terrifying. You know, you, you go after the things you want and people say no. You know, and then you're like, oh, well, I'll just link back to my whole. <laughs> I, yeah. I think I think but part of the problem is when we experience these setbacks or these frustrating failures. Um, with enough of these, they can sort of stack on top of each other until we're kind of drowning in this sea of sloth and negativity and frustration, and, and that's when we kind of get pissed off at the rest of the world. And you know, yeah. <laughs> and I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, the day after I got rejected, 
within my investment, it feels like everyone was hating me. Everyone was laughing at me. Everyone was saying no to me. Is I was just pissed off, and that 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 was uh, that was really the tipping point. Um, um, uh, the way to conquer this is uh, think about this as a game, a numbers game. Think uh, you know think of, before you make a request. For example, uh, if it's a big request, you want to be on this interview. You want to be uh, on whatever. Um, think about how many no's you can take to make this happen. You know, if it's 10 or 20, stick to that number. Don't give up uh, just after a couple ones because you're pissed off. If you can, if you can really handle 10 no's, do it and, 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 and get 10 no's before you give up. And then more than likely, you are actually going to get a yes before that 10 no's. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think what's really important, too, is um, detaching your own ego uh, from the result, right? Yes, absolutely. So, like, um, so if you get no, like, and then don't take it personally, just say they're not rejecting you, they're just rejecting your request or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, one is, is most, pe- most times people are not personal. Uh, even if it is personal, I w- you know, there are times I would say, you know, I, I, I would say that some rejections are really personal. The people, someone just don't like you. Some people don't trust you. Some people uh, don't like your uh, the way you dress. Don't like your group. Don't like your race. Whatever you know, there it, it can happen. But so what? There are there are there are what you instead of getting really mad at that, you go out and find a different person who would love you, who would uh, you know who enjoy your idea. And the law of large numbers says if you talk to enough number people, you will get a yes, and and sometimes more than one. And those, yeah. those are the people who are you advocate. Those are the people who you want to serve. And those are the people who you want to do business with, not the people who, you know, who look at you and just give you a thumb down. Yeah, I think yeah. if you ask enough people, then uh, you're likely to get a yes. But I think the problem is most people, they don't act, ask enough people. Um, and if, if I can go back to when you uh, first um, got rejected for your investment, could you tell me... Well, I know. I mean, I know it was crushing for you. It was. It was really devastating for you back then. But if if you were to kind of approach that same situation as the 2015 Ja, uh, ja uh, the, the new and improved one, um, how would how would you bounce back from that? What what would you do next? Well, I would. I would. Uh, you mean you mean that specific uh, uh, interaction with the investor? Uh, yeah, and that kind of scenario, like. Cause yeah. I, I okay. Know, I know so, you're obviously a very different. A different person now. Um, yeah. than you were when you started. So, so how would you handle that? Okay, I would just, um, uh, you know, for, for the sake of uh, anonymity, I would just do, say, do a hypothetical uh, job and a hypothetical investor, right? So after the, the, the person uh, you know, reject a hypothetical me, and I would go back to, to, the, you know, to the person saying, okay, first of all, can I know some reason? I know, you know, I, I believe I, I really, you know, I tried hard to make a pitch, and uh, I know you get a lot of pitches, but I would really appreciate some uh, feedback to how in, and, and uh, to our company and 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 um, our product. And also, I would appreciate to know that how we can actually get that investment. You know, it, what can we do? Is there a benchmark, or is there, uh, you know, is there something we can actually uh, uh, do together? So maybe you can help me, you know, to to you know to make this happen. Because think about it: if you help me, what you know, what a great story this is, right? Something you rejected, but also you're able to not give up on me, and we together make this happen. Think about how how rewarding that could be for you know for both of us. 
And uh, then I, w- I will ask, you know, if since you can do this uh, for whatever reason, is there uh, are there other people you might you might point me to? Uh, are there other people whom you you might think might be interested in this? Uh, you know, more interested in this. And so there are a whole slew of things I can do. Maybe I can even go back to the person with a different pitch, you know, and and, and run that number game. So I, I mean, in my book, I wrote about this rejection toolbox where. Uh, there's a toolbox of things you can, it's like, you know, there's a hammer, there's a wrench, and, and there's a nail. You can pull off these things, uh, 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 you know, after you get rejected. I can do a whole bunch of things. <laughs> yeah, so you, you mentioned something. Um, well, tell me, tell me about, okay. <laughs> uh, there's a few different paths I could go now. I want to talk about the book in a minute, but um, before I do that, I want to, you tell me a bit about your work as a rejection therapist, and how can someone listening to this, how can they reach the point where you are now? Um, can they do what you've done maybe on a smaller scale? Yeah, they can. They can. Um, they, uh, one thing is, okay, I, I got two things. One is you can just do this on your own. You can just totally uh, go on there and just, just ask for something crazy. You know, ask to get a discount on Starbucks and see what happens. You know? And another thing is, I'm actually starting a a, a course, a free a free course, uh, on my website. Um, it's called. Um, it's basically I I'll give you some assignment. You know, if you don't know what to do, I'll tell you what to do. You know, you can do this for a week, uh, and go ahead and and uh, try this out, um, and uh, and see what happens. And if you know, if if you feel like you're you're having a change, you you enjoy this. Let's connect. You know, I can I can help you. Okay, awesome. So go check out your, your blog. It's uh, fearbuster.com, right? Yes. And if, if you guys go on there, he has a link to his uh, 100 Days of Rejection Therapy and the actual uh, accounts of the actual things that you tried, right? Yes, yeah. every, one, every single one of them. And not only I did a video and to record interaction, I also blogged about what I learned from these interactions and what I can do better. And it's the reflection and learning that was, that was really helping me. Um, so I actually tell everyone that to don't just experience and, uh, and, and do it again, but also you want to write down what you learned and make a journal. It really helps. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I find, I find that keeping a journal is really great because, um, I can look back and, and kind of see what I was going through at that time. Like, and, and the reasons why I, I was feeling this anxiety, why I was getting upset about something. And then you can kind of go back and see how, how do things really turn out, right? Absolutely. And I think that, I think that when you're able to, if, if you have this fear, if you're able, or if you have this anxiety, if you just get it all out on paper, put it all out on, on some journal, like online or what have you, then it gets it all out of your head also, I think. Yep. Yeah. Well, cool. So, so guys, go check out that. Um, and he's got accounts of 100 Days of Rejection, and you also do coaching, you said, right? Uh, no, less so about one-on-one, uh, but uh, more like, you know, if you want to write me an email, I'll, I'll reply usually. It, it might take me a little bit, but I'll usually re- reply. Okay, cool. So tell me more about your book and uh, what can people expect? I think that's a good place to uh, start if they want to uh, start on this path and also learn more about what you teach. Yeah, my book comes out on April 14th in the, in the U.S., um, and uh, you can get it on, on Amazon. And the thing is, um, I, I really put a lot of work into this book. And, and it's, it's not just about my story, but about all the learnings you, you, you heard. 
uh, and how we can all uh, engage with our fear, and that can turn how that can turn into a great learning uh, and and uh, experience for us. So. Um, the, yeah, the book will take you on a ride uh, about you know where I was and uh, where, where you know what I did. It went to great details about some of the, um, some of the rejection attempts, but it also fulfilled uh, uh, you know with every point I make, I back it up with research. Uh, uh, not from you know sometimes not from me, but uh, you know some people in academics uh, or uh, or psychologists. And so um, you know after the book, I hope you will be more fearless. I hope you know that. Really, just you know, there's only one thing to be afraid of, which is your own fear. If you can uh, stare your f- fear down, you can learn, you can grow so much, and you can have so much to. Uh, you have so many things you can accomplish. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy the book. What's What's your ultimate goal with this book, John? Uh, personally, yeah, um, I want to. I want to. Okay, it sounds well, sound really corny, right? So, uh, <laughs> but I, I, but this, as entrepreneurs, we really want to, you know, dent the, you know, just dent the world in some way, you know, make it better in some way. And and I found I know if we're, we we can all be less afraid. I just want to see what people can do. You know, how many ideas we can realize. You know, together, how many dreams can be fulfilled? How many more new products can be made? You know how many dream jobs can be had and love stories can be can be had. I, I, I'm, I'm, I want to I want to see that. I want to make that world help to make that world happen. That's so, that's my goal. So that's that's the big why that's that's driving what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, we didn't actually talk a lot about your your firsthand experiences with the rejection therapy and the reason why I wanted to kind of. Uh, get as many takeaways uh, from this as possible. And you've been uh, very generous, uh, Ja. I wanted to thank you. Hey, no problem, Danny. <laughs> um, if we can summarize everything we kind of discussed in this interview, maybe uh, step by step, if you could just recap or, or give advice um, for, you know, I guess you're not you're you're not a big fan of resolutions, but you are a fan of actions. So, uh, what are what are the steps, the actions that people can take today, and then tomorrow and the next day? Yeah, first of all, um, uh, rethink rejection a little bit. Okay. Uh, change your mindset and think that rejection is, instead of thinking this in a very negative term, uh, that um, instead of thinking this is some sort of pain, think of them as, op- as opportunities and the curiosities and also subjects of learning. Um, so once you have that mentality, and just go out and, and study it. And the only way to study it is to get rejected yourself. I mean, when I say reject, get rejected, it doesn't mean you have to get rejected, rejected. It means you go out there and ask for things. Just just ask. Ask for things that you would think is impossible. Ask for things that you think will be really hard. Ask for things that you would not believe that you have the courage to ask. And see what happens. So when you, And then do it repeatedly. Don't just do it once. And do it repeatedly, uh, repeatedly and, and, and then write it down. And uh, then you can learn that why, you know, what could have influenced the outcome a little bit. Uh, and, and you know change it and uh, uh, find out why the other person would say either yes or no and then talk to the talk to the person don't you know don't 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 run away but talk to the person to see if it can change the outcome and talk to more people more than one um, person to see uh, why they would give you different or the same outcomes and make this a learning experience and and you will find something amazing and then 
And after that, you you get, you can basically get out of your comfort zone. So we live in this comfort zone where we we, we have this nine to five uh, life. Usually, um, I know that's what you are advocating against uh, to to live this type of, you know to live this type of life. But most of us do live in these lives, and we feel there is a bubble, there is a routine that can keep us in a zone, in a secure zone, uh, in a comfort zone. But Really, the this comfort zone is almost like a death zone because there's nothing, uh, nothing amazing happens. There's so many amazing things that you can do, so many amazing things you can discover, and secrets you can, you can, um, um, you know, you can unveil if you get out of that comfort zone. So doing this will help you to get out of that comfort zone. Yeah, I think that's a great point that you just mentioned. Um, there's, have you heard of Brene Brown? I think that's her name, Jacques. Yes, Brene is awesome. Yeah, she does. She talks about the power of being vulnerable, and she has uh, TEDx talks, talks, and you can actually go Google those. But um, she says that what happens is we tend to uh, numb our feelings to pain or rejection or fear, and when we numb ourselves, we also numb ourselves to uh, joy, happiness, and love. And um, you know, we're 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 afraid of these things, and they drive our actions, but we're also we're shutting off all of the good things that could come our way as well. Yep. Yeah. So I, I do have one more question for you, Josh. So <clears throat> I think a lot of people would listen to this and they say, you know, this is all great advice and it's really inspiring. Uh, but a lot of people would say, like, um, I can never really do that myself. I'm an introvert. You know, that, that's kind of the excuse that they might give. Or uh, I think a lot of us have, like, these kind of secret alibis that we carry around that hold us back. So if I were to go to someone and say, you know, you should do this, this, and this, and they say, "Well, you know, I can never do that." Uh, how do you how do you shake people up from that, Ja? Well, first of all, don't uh, you know the word "I can never do that" uh, is the word I told myself and, and before, and and um, I hate myself for for saying that because uh, really we we were we can do so. There's there's no thing, there's nothing that prevents you from making a request. Nothing. Like there's, there's not a physical law. There's not a legal law that can prevent you from doing that. And what's your and the thing that's the only thing that's preventing you is your fear, right? The, the, and the fear is very. Um, people think they they are either they they are either outgoing and they're or charismatic or uh, have confidence or if or they don't, right? It's the either or thing. If you categorize yourself mentally in the don't in the you don't have it uh, uh, group, then of course you're gonna have a lot of excuses. But the thing is, we none of us is born with this full charisma. Maybe some people are a little bit better at this because of their personality and things. But your courage is like a muscle. It's not a like your height that is predetermined almost. But with muscle, you can you can um, you can change it. You can strengthen it. You can improve it you know, dramatically if you try. If you put in the effort, so um, it, so exercise and go out and, and start small, and then you build uh, on top of that. You build you know you're making small steps and you uh, you build up your confidence gradually. You don't do it overnight. In the, you know they say Rome wasn't wasn't built overnight. It wasn't. So. Uh, don't think your courage can be built overnight either. Yeah, that's a great point. And our minds are like a muscle, basically, and we can train them to become more elastic, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, as you were speaking, I thought of a great passage from, do you know David Dita, uh, Way of the Superior Man? 
no. Well, he, he has a chapter in that book that's called, he says, lean just beyond your edge. So just, mm. just, just barely, just a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Like, don't get reckless, uh, but feel that fear and just stay at the edge of that fear and then just, just move past it just a little bit. And if you just move past it a little bit, then, then that zone, I think, is going to expand. And that's basically what you're saying, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and they usually say uh, in, in weightlifting or in exercise, the last few reps are the ones who actually, that, you know, I mean, that are, are the ones that will strengthen you, not the first ones. Well, thank you so much for this awesome interview. I know you got to uh, take off, so. <laughs> yeah, um, I gotta go, I, yeah, I got to go pick up my son. So. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Jai, I really look forward to reading your book um, when it's available. And uh, guys, go check out John's blog at fearbuster.com and his new book, Rejection Proof, on Amazon. Anything else you wanted to uh, leave us with, John? Uh, no, no, connect with me. If you, um, you can uh, send me an email at ja at fearbuster.com. I, I reply to every email. I just might not be right away, but uh, I will reply to every email. Thank you so much, Ja, for uh, everything you're doing and for your work and, and how you're really inspiring people and impacting them. Hey, no problem. Thank you, Danny. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye-bye.